0: And welcome to this week's podcast of Hooga in the Early Years. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Hooga in the Early Years, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training, and inspiration with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well-being and self-care. So hi, how are you all doing? We have had quite a tough week this week, really. Um, Oliver's turned six weeks old, and as part of that, he's really sort of having um. A lot of milestone changes and growth spurts, and that's leaving him feeling pretty restless and um, needing lots of cuddles which i do love but um yeah he's just been quite clingy and struggling with his sleep as well and alongside that he's been full of cold so we've, we've had it quite hard this week but very grateful to have him here and to just enjoy this this time with him and all the precious moments, even though they can be tough at times. So I'm managing to steal a few moments out of the week to record our podcast. And as I've said in the previous episodes in this season, we are looking at my new book, which is Bringing Hugo into the Early Years. And I'm going to be sharing with you some of the um, chapters from my book. I'm going to be giving you activities to try to help you follow my step by step guide to bring a calm and slow approach to your teaching and help you live well as well. Because there's no good in being wonderful at our jobs if it's taking all our time and all our happiness and it's leaving us with nothing for when we're at home with our families and with our loved ones. So that's the aim of what I'm doing. So if you're tuning in for the very first time, you can catch some of my previous episodes which have looked at the first um, three chapters of the book and today we're going to focus on chapter four which is on the core values that you've got and so if you've got a copy of the book in front of you that is page 41. If you've not got a copy of the book don't worry you can follow along with me just by listening making some notes and having a go at the activities. And before I forget, I do want to say a huge thank you to all of you wonderful people that have bought my book and you have read it and you've uh, sent in your honest reviews over on Amazon. I really do appreciate these. And it's been lovely to read back um, your takeaways and what you've got out of the book. So thank you so much if that's been you that's done that. Okay, so let's get stick in. So this is chapter four, core values. And this is really uh, key because understanding what you stand for in life and in your practice will help to shape your day and what you want to get out of it and really what you want to get out of your life as well. And um, And make sure that you're living well every day, and that's something the Danes are very good at doing, as I spoke about in our last podcast episode, they really do just make the most of the day and they don't just live for the next weekend, their next holiday, they make every day count and every day is special. So we're going to be asking ourselves some big questions in this podcast episode so that we can really tune into our inner self and try and understand what it is in life that we stand for and what's important to us. And this is really good, good to do, because when we know this and when we connect with it, it means that we're able to find ourselves in a setting, in a school, in a job that supports these values that we've got. And I remember a time when I worked in a school as a leader. I had a wonderful head teacher at the time that really supported my love, my belief in the power of child-led learning, and I was able to teach really well through the passion that I had and through my core values I connected to this but when this head teacher retired and we got a new head teacher in place I ended up working for someone that really didn't share these values they didn't believe in child-led learning they wanted um the, to be more adult focused sessions for children to be pulled out of their child-led play to go and do activities with adults and I found this really hard because it didn't sit well with me it wasn't how I believe children learn um so for instance the head teacher wanted the nursery children which were aged three and four to take part in a one hour computing lesson each week. And this was this was really tricky. They wanted it to be done in the school ICT suite and they were swapping this time um, to do ICT for when we should have been out in the woods on a Friday afternoon. So I found this really hard and eventually I realized that this was no longer the work environment that I wanted to find myself in each and every day. I didn't want to be battling with a leadership team that didn't sit with my core values and beliefs. Just to interrupt what I'm saying right now, I've got Oliver asleep next to me in his noses basket. Um, And as I said, he's got a cold at the moment, so you might be able to hear some smoothly sounds coming from him. So I do (laughs) apologise. He's absolutely fine. He's fast asleep. He's just got a little bit of a blocked nose. Now, as I was saying, it's really hard when you end up working somewhere or working for someone that doesn't have that same ethos as you or share those same core values. And it can leave you feeling really down. For me, I started to question whether I should even stay teaching um, and working in the early years or whether I needed to have a complete career change. But after having some time to reflect and think about what it was I wanted, I realised that it wasn't me that needed to change, it was the fact that I needed to find somewhere that shared those same passions as I did um, for working in early years and so that was what I did. I spent some time researching the right setting and I found it and I could find my love again for working um, and leading learning in a child-led way. So Don't give up on your dreams of working in the early years if you're currently somewhere that doesn't support your ethos. But what is important to do is to discover those core values. Otherwise you can find yourself um, having conversations with people, and um, hearing yourself saying things like "Oh, I've had a really rubbish day today," you won't believe how I was treated. I've had enough of working there now, or maybe uh, things like "Oh, I've had to stay at work till really late tonight," and um, staff meetings, and to do all this paperwork that takes me away from doing what it is I need to do that has the impact on the children. And when we find ourselves saying statements like this, we can actually find us saying them for quite a while without actually taking any action on them and doing anything about it. I've worked in places before where colleagues have said things like this to me, and they've said these things to me for years but they've never done anything different about it they've never changed the situation that they were in so I want you to take some time now to really discover your core value so that you're not suffering that you're not seeing and feeling that decline in your mental health so grab a pen and paper or if you've got the book in front of you turn to page 42 and I want you to just write down the following questions and then just Take some time to really reflect on what your answers to these are and whether you're currently in a position in life where you're living these values in your everyday life. So, question number one is why do you want to embrace Huga? If you need a little bit of help with this, you can go back to some of my first podcast episodes ever, which are all about an introduction to Huga, what it is, how it can impact your um, personal life and your career. Question number two is, why do you believe huga is the best way to live? Mm, that's a really interesting one that only you know the answer to for yourself. Question number three, what does being calm look like to you in early childhood? Question four, how can you create huga in your setting? Question five, how do young children learn best in your opinion? Number six, how would you resource your provision to support Huga And question number seven is what opportunities would the children experience each day? So once you've discovered your own answers to these questions, you can then work on what I like to call a vision statement. So this could be a vision statement for you and your practice, or it could be for you in your setting. So for example, my member Charlotte Fleet from Daydreams Childcare shared her vision um, with me, which is to create a calm and safe environment that that benefits the children and me. And so she has popped that up in her childminding setting so that everybody knows exactly what the focus is of her work and what she's leading her practice with each and every day. If you have got a big team that you work with and you're really wanting to get to grips with what Hugo is and start to build your core values as a team, you can each have a go at answering these questions and then have a go at Writing your own vision statement, and then as a leader, taking all of these ideas to create one shared vision statement, one shared statement of your collective core values. And then you can display this in a way that can be shared easily with anyone that's visiting your setting, maybe new families that are starting with you, new members of staff. So it's really clear What it is um, that's guiding the practice that you're doing and guiding your Hugo as well. Um, I visited one of my Hugo accredited settings recently that had a video playing in their entrance to the nursery that showed their vision statement that reflected their core values with the photographs of the practice that went on there every day. And that was really nice to see. So, there you go. That's how you can discover your core values. Now, next week, when I come to you, I'm going to be talking about how you can unpick the strengths of each child. And we're going to be focusing on page 43 of my Who Get in the Early Years book and working from there. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Reggio Emilia approach and how that fits in as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with. Oliver's um, little snorts in the background. I'm hoping that by next week, when I come to you, he'll be feeling much better and we'll have got rid of his sniffles. Um. So yeah, have a lovely, lovely weekend. I'm not sure what we're doing. We've actually got the first free weekend in a long, long time. So I'm looking forward to just going with the flow, really, of the weekend and just seeing where it takes us. It's quite nice to go into it without any plans. And just to be a little bit spontaneous, I'm quite looking forward to that. Well, you guys take care and I will be back next week. Bye.